Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. I am your co-host, Mike. And uh, first off, I want to say appreciate you all for tuning in. Hey, all your support every week really does uh, help keep our show going. And uh, if you're new here, then just for a little background, we are a uh, podcast that focuses on telling the stories of the inspiring leaders throughout Columbus through their eyes. So we take people in, we interview them. And uh, it could be anywhere from business leaders to scientists, athletics, and more. So uh, if you're looking to hear the stories of people doing incredible things in Columbus, you're in the right place. So today on the show, we've actually got a couple transplants joining us, uh, Sasha Gainulin and Anthony Spateri from Battleface. And Battleface, it sounds intense, but it's travel insurance, which can be intense as it turns out. So, uh, you know, they they kind of saw a problem where people were traveling to some some different places in the world that weren't typically covered by usual travel insurance plans. I mean, a lot of times here in America, we say, hey, why get travel insurance? It's useless. And a lot of times that's true. But Battleface is kind of developing some new insurance technologies that and uh, solutions that make travel insurance valuable for all the right reasons. And you'll hear more about how they did that and why uh, during the episode. But I really, we really enjoyed talking to Sasha and Anthony. They're both very knowledgeable in their fields. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode too. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. Jenny Brittenbauer of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. I'm truly never comfortable. When I'm comfortable, I'm bored. I just have to keep going. Only when you're a little bit scared are you in a place where you're about to learn something. We're explorers, and explorers are making discoveries because they are going places where people haven't before. Urban Meyer. There's one guarantee in this world, and that's hard work will be rewarded. And hard work, you have to embrace discomfort. I love how you said that, live uncomfortably. Donato's Jane Abel. We have a umbrella idea of agape capitalism, which is about doing business and doing it with love and giving back to the community. And I believe in our products, but more importantly, I believe in our people. Pelotonia CEO, Doug Oldman. There's this genuine pride for things that were born and raised in Columbus. And that's awesome. At the same time, there's this beautiful Midwest humility. People don't necessarily care about who gets credit. Cameron Mitchell of Cameron Mitchell Restaurants. One of our goals is to be better today than we were yesterday and better tomorrow than we are today. And that goal stays the same 24 Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. I am your co-host, Mike. We've got Josh in the booth today. What's going on, Josh? Not much, man. I heard your sister-in-law is in birth right now. In birth? She's being birthed? That's, uh, I don't she's think that's the being, right phrase. What, what do they, they call it? Amputated? Amputated? Um, we'll cut all this because I should know these words. She's, she's what's, what's it called when having they, a baby? induced? No, induced. she's not being induced. She's actually just having the baby naturally. She's yes. birthing. Well, she's, I was right the first she's time. She's going to give birth. She's not being birthed. She's going to give birth. Well, whatever. She's having a kid. My yeah. gosh, dude. It's so hard to talk to you sometimes. Well, I mean, it'd be easier if you could use the right words, but... Well, congratulations. <laughs> I think is what I'm trying to <laughs> tell you. But what is the right word? What birthing? are the right words? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. You To to be birthed, she's she's getting birthed. I don't understand. Giving birth, I think. Would, that having a baby. Right. Giving birth, having a baby. Those are easy phrases. But uh, those other two voices you hear are our guests on the show today, and that is Sasha Gainulin and Anthony Spateri joining us, and they're from Battleface. And Battleface is a travel insurance company, and if you're like a lot of people we know, you're probably thinking, but isn't travel insurance useless? And a lot of times you might be right, but uh, for decades, the industry has only offered bloated, expensive, confusing, inflexible, one-size-fits-all policies that don't deliver any real value. But Battleface is here to change all of that through a radically simple, straightforward affordable and customizable approach that puts people, not worthless policies first. And they're backed by Drive Capital, a local VC firm here. 
Battleface is a full-stack travel insurance company based right here in Columbus, and they're redefining travel insurance through better products, smarter tech, and more helpful customer service. Sasha is the CEO of Battleface, and he has over 20 years of frontline experience in the travel insurance industry, and he really has seen it all when it comes to travel insurance. He leads the Battleface team with his experience to create innovative, people-first, and tech-forward products and solutions as they build the world's first end-to-end global travel insurance platform. And then Anthony, part mad scientist and part IT genius, he leads the Battleface's innovative, modular-based tech that allows customers to pick and choose the exact travel insurance that's just right for them. As Battleface's CTO, Anthony is busy building their global team of engineers as they create, develop, and implement software, mobile, and web applications that allow people to travel better and safer. And he and his wife are actually moving here to Columbus from Malta, a Mediterranean island south of Italy. So they'll be in for a bit of a shock when our third winter hits here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, <laughs> guys, welcome to Conquering Columbus. Man, I hope I got through that okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you got through it okay until you almost called Battle Face Battle Feces. <laughs> <laughs> God. Not quite right. I hope Not, that name doesn't stick. Yes. <laughs> no, pun, no pun intended. No pun intended. But so Anthony, you've been in town for a little bit here for the past few months. And I know Sasha, you've been here for a little while longer. You guys are both looking for homes. What do you think about Columbus so far? Well, it's been great so far. I've actually been here for three weeks only. Been around a lot. People are great. Lots of greenery. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful place, really. And uh, we actually found a home. So we'll be moving here in July permanently. And that was Anthony. Yeah, that was Anthony. Do I have to <laughs> announce myself? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, because they, they can't see you. <laughs> Podcast, you know. Yeah. But And Sasha, what about you? I mean, I know you, you've been here a little while longer. So. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Uh, found a house in Clintonville. Getting back to your roots, the Midwestern roots. Yes, exactly. Right. Funny that you, you guys come like the perfect time. So I have two coworkers here from South Africa right now. Mm-hmm. And they, the whole time when I was over there, they live in Cape Town. And I was like, Cape, this is the most beautiful area I've, I've ever seen in, in my life. And they're like, how's Ohio? I'm like, you're going to hate it. <laughs> Just to, to, to really set the level low for you guys. And I didn't mean it in terms of, of all the different uh, things that if you're actually living in Columbus that you enjoy about it, but just scenery aspect. And they've been here for like two weeks now. And they're like, man, this is phenomenal. And like you came at the perfect time for sure. Like if you're going to come to Ohio, yeah, May or September to mid-October, depending on, you know, how the seasons are playing out is uh, such a good, such a good point. So uh, soak it in because <laughs> the winter thing is not a joke. Yeah. Third winter is coming. <laughs> um, but so kind of one of the first places, you know, we generally like to start is get a little background on both of you and kind of how you came to join Battleface together and how Battleface came to be, but, uh, you know, maybe highlights along the way from where you grew up, how you got to where you are, how you got into travel insurance. So maybe we'll start with Sasha on that one. All right. So uh, originally I'm from Russia, grew up in Wisconsin, went to high school there. And then after high school, I went to University of Wisconsin and started working at a company uh, in travel insurance company, Travel Guard. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was uh, essentially that's all I did uh, since I was 19 working within the travel insurance industry. And eventually the company got bought by AIG and I was busy building out their international operations, which eventually got me over to Malta. And that's where I met Anthony on the street, picked him off the street. <laughs> now, um, anyway, that's that's actually where we did meet. Uh, we were working for a company called Tangiers International, mm-hmm. which was doing uh, claims work, insurance claims work for large insurance companies like AIG. And that's actually the environment where Battleface was born out of. Okay. And Anthony, what about you? So how did you get to Malta? So my parents are actually both Maltese. I was born in New York. Uh, eventually we moved back to Malta. 
educated there, worked at a company called GFI Software at the time. That was the first time I actually touched a VC-based company. They were backed by, I forgot what the firm was called, but they owned, like, they had shares in Newegg, Twitter, stuff like that. That was the first time. Did a startup, uh, it was called Trackerbird. They mm-hmm. were bought by a company called Revuletics here in the States. I think they were based out of Boston. Then I went to Tangiers and met Sasha, unfortunately. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I changed your life. Yeah. Yeah. All the way from Europe for me. Yeah, sure. Do they, do they speak So do they speak Italian in Malta if they're off the southern coast of Italy or do they have their own? They have their own language, but uh, English is predominant there okay, too. Okay, that makes sense. So you have my cultural ignorance, but like you have zero accent. I, I grew up, I was born again. I grew up in New York. Yeah, you get That does make sense. Okay. That, you know. Put that piece together. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you, sound, you, you, sound, you sound New York, I guess. So then what was your formal education and where you, is your background in development, computer science? Or? So yeah, I have a BSc in IT, did software engineering for most of my career. And I got into management actually with Tangiers International, where we uh, built out a development team and we did a lot of tech behind uh, what they were doing in the insurance space. And like Sasha said, that's where Battleface was born out of. Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I could not be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. So when you talk about Battleface being born... How does this idea come into, into place, right? Why, what are you seeing? What are you guys thinking about? And mm-hmm. how does it all come together? So we were busy managing emergency medical assistance claims on behalf of insurance companies in the craziest parts of the world, like Afghanistan, Iraq, like emerging markets. And in emergency assistance is basically when you have a travel insurance policy and you get sick, you need some help. So we were the guys actually on the ground getting people in and out of different situations, sending an air ambulance to pick someone up and transfer them to another hospital or bring them back home. And Tangiers is owned by an American guy as well, uh, Chris Catrambone. And he is this amazing, very intelligent, very smart, very adventurous uh, entrepreneur from Louisiana. Um, And we're always looking for new ideas, new ventures, new projects. And we started to see a trend while we were working in these territories. A lot of people were traveling either without travel insurance or with travel insurance that essentially was worthless, you know, like your introduction. Um, and and so, <laughs> not your introduction. Wow. <laughs> not your, how you mentioned. Sasha coming at me on the show. No, no, babe. no. How you describe travel insurance. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> but also, I love how that came off. That was anyway. so great. Like your introduction, man. Ooh. Anyway, scratch that. I like uh, how you introduce travel insurance. Anyway, um, and the very first customers that were actually coming to us constantly were journalists. And they're saying, you know, we keep going to a battlefield and we never can find travel insurance. Nobody wants to insure us. And then time, you know, the media industry has been going through a lot of changes where they, from full-time employees, they started to rely on contractors. And part of you being a freelancer, you have to have your own travel insurance. And travel insurance as a concept was created for our grandparents and parents who went to a travel agency, standard destination, doing standard things. So naturally, it's, it was very difficult for them to find insurance. And that's at the time what we were trying to solve is being able to create a tech platform where you essentially are able to offer proper products for people who are doing different things while traveling. 
So they kept coming to you guys though and saying like, hey, can you help us? Can you insure us in these areas? Or you were just identifying and you were seeing them? Like how, how exactly did you source the problem? So yeah, that's, I mean, naturally they were coming to us because we were there doing medical assistance, travel assistance. And, you know, unless you're my mom who still thinks I'm a travel agent, people were, you know, curious about travel insurance, especially when you're traveling, that's the first thing you're thinking about. And when you're going to these very unique destinations, your number one thought, what's, what's going to happen to me? So we, we also had a lot of contacts within the insurance industry. So we were trying to find somebody from the insurance company perspective, like a carrier, like AIG or big insurance companies to help us to create these products. And we went to Lloyd's of London within the insurance industry. Lloyd's of London is like the most creative marketplace for insurance and they're based out of London. They've been around for hundreds of years. And essentially we went there and we started asking the question, how can we create products? that you can purchase on the go if you're going to unique destinations, doing unique things. And underwriters or Lloyds of London, essentially insurance companies there, they were saying, we would love that. But what we want to have is figure out a platform that you can properly charge so you can give out these benefits for these destinations because standard travel insurance industry has been built on commodity products. It doesn't matter where you're going, like Afghanistan or United States, it's the same product, same price, same benefits, and a lot of exclusions. So then number one exclusion is going to be war and terrorism. So naturally that, you know, could even take out Berlin, Germany, when there's a terrorist attack. So, and that's the problem we're trying to solve. How can we actually create products that are relevant and have a win-win scenario for insurance companies? So they're properly charging for the, for the product and the benefits. And then for the customers, so they get the right mm -hmm. um, products at the end of the day. And so you guys saw the solution to this challenge uh, as a technological software application where it seems like on the surface from a very, again, like ignorant outside perspective that it would be more of a mathematical um, actuarial problem to solve. It, so how, how do you go about saying like, this is how we're going to be able to price these and actually make this a product that people would be able to buy? Well, this is the genius of Anthony Spiteri. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for overselling. <laughs> uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. There's still actuary behind it, um, calculating risk and all that still goes into it. You still have to smartly price the product. Um, but yeah, it's basically what we try to do is price according to where you're going, price according to how old you are, a lot of other variables to make it that you are covered for the things like Sasha's talking about. Typically, you wouldn't be. When you're going to places like like Afghanistan or, you know, now with COVID, a lot of the world couldn't travel with COVID and regular mm -hmm. insurance wouldn't cover you. Yeah. And with what we built, you know, it was possible. So it's been technology, but also from an insurance product perspective, it's also revolutionary. Essentially, we were like trying to take a modular approach to travel insurance because travel insurance essentially covers you for health, for life benefits, for your property, like your baggage and your financial investment into the company for a trip. But all of us are traveling differently. So the biggest problem eventually that we discovered, like when you go on airline.com place, it doesn't matter what airline it is, it's the exact same product. But we know that, you know, flight from Columbus to Houston versus Columbus to Nairobi, Kenya, two completely different experiences, different trips, you're gonna be doing different things. So what we've done, we've taken a modular approach to travel insurance. Behind the scenes, we, we've essentially started to develop an algorithm for, first of all, where are you going? Because one day it's a safe place, like Ukraine, for example, safest country in the world, then goes into a conflict with Russia, not so safe anymore. So how do you actually still offer travel insurance, 
at the right price with the right benefits um, and, and, and still make it simple for the consumer because within insurance industry has been around for 300, 400 years. So there's lots of spreadsheets, lots of documents, forms, and it's very, very slow for you, for insurance companies to make a decision. We want an instant quote and instant delivery of the product. Second variable is your age, because that has a um, component, of course, what type of um, rate and they're based on the risk and the exact number of travel days. And this is where the key is um, for travel insurance. Most of the commodity products, they're based on, let's say, the first 90 days. We've, we've taken the exact travel day approach. So if you're going for two weeks, super cheap. If you're going for a year, then it's a different risk. Then, of course, it becomes more and more expensive. We're going to take a quick break here to thank one of our sponsors, the Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is committed to serving as a trusted partner and resource to organizations striving to improve our community here in Columbus. All right, let's get back to the episode. So the technology behind this, Anthony, is basically, it sounds like there's an algorithm, right, that, that's built into the technology and then also the UI. What what else goes into the technology? I mean, there's a bunch of things. Um, we're actually getting into stuff like data science, machine learning uh, to help price things better. It's a combination, really. There's not one specific thing, but there's the UI, like you said. There's a pricing engine, like we call it. Um, we're building a no-code product builder, and basically what we're doing is we're taking engineering out of the process of actually creating these new insurance products, so that way we are instant to market. Mm-hmm. Underwriting goes, they create a product, and a couple of days, and it's out there, you know, completely yeah. dynamic. How do you go about trying to solve such a significant problem like that? Like, I mean, from day one, you would think personality is probably totally different from mine, but I'm like, I, I think like I have to solve it perfectly. We have to get everything down and then we have to get the data science and like, and my brain just immediately goes from zero to 100. Then we go raise the capital and we, we try to take this to market. And you guys obviously said there's a lean, clear way to do this and we could take it, you know, one milestone at a time. Uh, was that as clear in the beginning or did you dive into it? Um, I mean, we had, a, first of all, we had a luxury of 10 years because we were working in an environment that within a successful company already that was trying to solve this problem. And insurance industry, again, it's a, it's a very long process for even for what we do. It took us years just to become, for Lloyd's to become comfortable with us. So because we are essentially creating products on their behalf and we're using their worldwide license to distribute direct to consumer, which is a very regulated activity. Before you get to that step, you have to have years of development or years of preparation and making sure that Lloyd's is comfortable with you doing that and that you have the experience to do that. So then you also take into consideration, you have to create a global, what we were trying to do is create a global travel insurance company at the end of the day, because you can't rely on a single market. And and we wanted to have a platform that you can continue customize and make products relevant. So what's relevant to a German traveler versus to an American traveler, and it, those are two completely different experiences. And that's what initially we were seeing, uh, we're solving a single problem of, you know, certain travelers going to certain destinations, journalists, for example, then other travelers started to hear about us like surfers, divers. Mm-hmm. So for example, very good example, I'm a surfer and I'm going to, Sierra Leone, and I want my surfing board to be insured, not my luggage or suitcase. So we started to get into activity-based rating, and the problems just started to explode and and develop further and further and further. And then when COVID-19 happened, the entire world was just flipped around mm-hmm. and essentially in our specialty space that we were operating in. 
Right. And, and COVID-19 happens, right? And that actually, for you guys, because you were one of the only people who would insure people who were traveling during that time, it was, I mean, I don't want to say COVID-19 was a benefit, right? COVID-19 was bad, but it boosted your business in, in that you were some of the only people, because you, you were the only people that could help yeah. at the time provide insurance for people who were traveling. Yeah, exactly. Because we were, you know, initially we were solving the problem of how do you rate properly based on destination. And for us, destination is a multitude of different things that could go into it. First of all, of course, at the time, the first problem we were solving war and terrorism activities, which we quickly realized that all of a sudden standard, it's not just Afghanistan, you know, terrorist attacks happen in France or Tunisia or, you know, New York. Uh, so then what else affects us as travelers? Pandemics, natural disasters. And there's different examples like, you know, th- uh, tsunami in Thailand or Ebola or SARS or ash volcano in Iceland, where just the travel industry is disrupted. And and how do you prepare for that? And that's what we we're solving at the time. Of course, never did we think that COVID-19 would be, first of all, a global phenomena because in our experience, you know, we dealt with regional pandemics like Ebola, for example, is just in a certain country or a certain continent. And then we didn't think that COVID-19 is going to be such a long-term phenomenon as well. But then our system was so prepared to handle that. And on top of it, we do all everything ourselves. That's another problem that we're solving in the industry is when you buy travel insurance, for example, you call the airline and ask them a question about the travel insurance product that they're selling, they'll have no idea what they're selling. So they'll tell you, call this number. Then you call that number, then a travel insurance company that you're calling might not handle their own claims. So then you call another number. So what we wanted to do is have a team of people or build a company that essentially is a one-stop shop because we didn't want to lose touch with customers. And that's the, eventually becomes to be the most key component to innovation because you have to, one of our principles is making sure we stay relevant because travel industry is changes all the time. The world changes all the time and destinations, you know, they would be, you know, one country would be fine one day, another, another day, they have completely different requirements for your entry. So. Yeah. So it's very fluid and a lot of different data points and obviously a a really complex problem to solve. And it sounds like just an extremely, terrible customer experience overall from the, from the aspect of actually finding a product that's appropriate for who you are and where you're going and, and all the attributes there. But then also uh, if there are any type of flaws along the way or you have questions, um, that seems pretty broken as well. So you guys approach this, you understand how to solve the problem, you start to gain the relationship with Lloyds of London, mm-hmm. which sounds like one of the, uh, maybe not the most difficult, but a very difficult side of the equation. Mm-hmm. Are there any other challenges on the flip side as you start to actually build the product and, and scale? So for us, challenge was the distribution, right? So because first of all, travel insurance is now required. That's before COVID-19 days. Now it's a different story. You know, where if you travel to Costa Rica, you have to have travel insurance. Then distribution expenses are extremely high. So for example, if you do want to sell on, this is another problem that we started to discover is that airlines charge an obscene amount of com- commission from the insurance companies. So when you sell a $100 policy, majority of it is actually going back to the airline. So they, then the insurance companies are left with a very small percentage behind the scene to administer your policies, to administer your claim. And we're talking about companies that, you know, have been around for hundreds of years. So obviously they're not tech savvy. They're not, you know, it's not fast. So the initial reaction for the companies is to deny as many claims as possible because there's not enough left out of the pie, essentially. 
But as a, in the insurance industry, for you to get to the customer is very expensive. So you don't, since travel insurance is not required, you have to spend, you have to get creative. How do you find customers? And the team that they are, the original team at Battleface, we started to essentially, who were our first customers? And they happened to be journalists, right? So very, very influential journalists. And we started to kind of talk about our company and our products through our customers. And that's what the, that what really got Battleface going. Our customers started to spread the word, but that's that that was the biggest challenge is the scale part of how do you get to the customer when you're selling a product, and and also in the United States, for example, before COVID nineteen, only eighty percent of travelers actually bought travel insurance. Uh, but the most exciting part of that problem is that they didn't know much about it. Yeah, so education is a huge problem yeah. that we're facing. It's also a great problem to have because those are all potential people who will be selling travel insurance too, just to show the benefits. So like you said in the beginning, so I won't call it your introduction like Sasha Thank did. you, <laughs> thank you. That, man, I, I'm glad I'm only getting roasted once. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people look at travel insurance in a bad light. They don't think it's gonna actually help them down the line. Right. Um, even the technology behind it, it's antiquated. They're not flexible. They've got systems from the 90s behind those websites. Those are things that are just, those are some of the reasons why they can't, you know, be agile and move over and do stuff like cover COVID in a couple of weeks. Well, right. And like we said earlier, right, like we talked about this, but like I imagine that education of like most people think travel insurance, they're like, yeah, that's that thing that they're trying to trick me into buying because they're not going to cover anything that actually happens. Yeah. It only covers like, you know, like if I happen to crash in an accident on the way to the airport or something like that, but like it doesn't actually cover if I get sick, if I go, have to go to the hospital, like none of those things are covered under a traditional travel insurance policy. So people just don't buy it, at least yeah, in the U.S. Well, yeah, and, and that's and that's the problem. There's just, there's no trust between the consumer. And a, and again, it's, I well, partially it's the insurance company's fault because they're buying into these ridiculous contracts that they have to pay out such large commissions mm-hmm. just to be in that space, right? And that's the, where the commodity product comes in. And quantity versus quality at that stage. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, but the, it hurts the consumer at the end of the day. So, in the, actually, I I was describing this the other day. If you were looking at a win-win-win scenario, in this particular scenario, it's win for the airlines, lose for the customers, and lose for the insurance companies. And that's the problem that we we now started to actually. How do we actually airlines? I guess will never work with us. Way to go, Sasha. Thank <laughs> you. <for> yeah. that. <laughs> but. Uh, but anyway, that's the problem that we were solving and how do you actually change the model and put people first again mm-hmm. at the end of the day and start offering relevant products. And yes, you're right. It's, that's what you need when you're traveling. And that's why travel insurance is kind of complex because again, it has to think about all different components, medical, medical evacuation, getting you back home or reimbursing you for the cost of the prepaid expenses. So let's say you're on the trip and it costs you $10,000 day one, you're in the accident. Mm-hmm. So how do you actually get your money back, get yourself back and have that trust with the insurance company? Or even in the era of COVID, hey, I tested positive the day I was supposed to fly home. Now I'm going to stay an extra two weeks. Yep. Right? Exactly. Like there's all kinds of stuff that goes into this. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing though, because it's not that like your typical insurance hides it from you, but they don't necessarily make it easy to understand what all is in- including your current coverage. Like even when I was mentioning that travel to South Africa, like they asked me if I wanted travel insurance. And it was like 75 bucks. I'm like, no, 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 you can just, I'll take the 75 bucks. I don't need travel. I'm just going to try hard not to get hurt while I'm there and then I'll come back. 
And then if I get hurt, then my, <laughs> my insurance will cover it. And she's like, your insurance is going to cover nothing in South Africa. I don't even think you know where it is on a map. And I was like, well, you're correct on a couple of those things. <laughs> and but Josh I, is bad with maps. <laughs> yeah, but, but I didn't I didn't realize, you know, what is and it is not covered. And it's just such a, it's an industry that I think that even if it was a lot simpler to understand, like people shoot, steer away from it so much now because it's like, it's usually always been really complex, right? So the education component of that. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a quick break here to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus. You know, it really couldn't be cooler to have a sponsor and a partner like One Columbus. They are directly in alignment with everything we stand for and everything we're looking to promote here at Conquering Columbus. I mean, they just want to bring the most competitive companies to the area and make everything about the city and the region just one of the greatest places to live in the United States and in the world for that matter. Yeah, they're like the ultimate Columbus hype man. They're trying to bring new businesses here, show them what our strengths are, but also address some of the weaknesses and say, like, this is how we could get better. So for us, we're excited to help promote their goal and help tell the story with them on board. Absolutely. And if you guys want to learn more about One Columbus, check them out at columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. You know, when you think about educating a market and then you think about the fact that it's already really expensive to get a customer, and you actually said that you look at that as an advantage right now, is there worry about how much cost is going to go into educating the market plus trying to do customer acquisition? Customer acquisition cost is always a concern for any startup, right? There's no, nobody's going to argue about that, but it's also opportunity. That means there's a ton of people out there who could potentially be buying travel insurance and probably should be buying travel insurance. The problem is they've either dealt with the wrong one or they've heard a bad story about not, you know, about getting a claim denied for something that they should have been covered for. So that's why I think it's an advantage. I think there's, this just means you have a huge potential audience which you can sell to. And why in insurance in particular is customer acquisition costs so high? Like, you, is, it, is it because you're trying to, in general insurance, I'm assuming the competitive intensity is really high, but is the, in traveler's side, is it just catching people at the right place in time is very hard? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, first of all, we, like we talked about the distribution partnerships, that those are expensive. And then getting to the customers expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were we're a scrappy startup, so we were broke. So it's like we couldn't afford. <laughs> Thanks again, Sasha. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the beginning, like you you can't pay you know five hundred dollars per travel insurance word, right? Right. So we had to be creative. We had to figure out how to develop a relationship with the right people, um, our customers again, at the right time. So actually, when we're raising money, what what really stood out is our organic traffic, our conversion rates, our repeat customers. And that was just amazing experience to see and amazing growth with what we're doing. And since we were entering the space from specialty side, because travel insurance is a huge market, especially when you look at it from a global perspective, then from the specialty perspective, we started to go after every specialty travel, like journalist, surfer, diver. They all belong to an association or a club. There's 25 million surfers worldwide. So the market was actually quite big for us. And in the way Anthony, genius Anthony, had designed the system. <laughs> You're never it, this nice in real life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> our goal was to continue to custom build products for our partners. So not to fall under the same kind of concept of this is our product and we're going to distribute through our partners. Because for example, journalists came to us, an association out of Belgium, and they said, we love your product, but we don't need all of these bells and whistles. As a customer, our members, they only care about medical expenses, medical evacuation and coverage for equipment. So once you start streamlining that and use technology to develop specific product for that specific association or that specific group, or that specific channel, it becomes meaningful. And that's where the conversion rates are extremely high. 
versus to you just trying to give the exact same product that you're giving to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just we're custom building products for our own customers, but also for our partners' customers. So if a Mr. Airline CEO is hearing this, (laughs) or Mrs., uh, or Miss, this is what we would do. And we would use technology through API and to custom build products for our partners' customers and make them relevant, Mm -hmm. essentially. So the channels to the market where the intention is for you guys are traditionally extremely expensive. So to find other avenues, you guys have found other areas where these individuals' attention lives in these societies. And you've created incentives that uh, put the partner in a much better position while also putting the consumer. So this is the win-win-win that you're talking about rather than the win-lose-lose, which is in the current situation on the airline side. Yeah, and and we're starting now, we've opened up, uh, like there's a lot of new distribution channels like other insurtech companies, like uh, let's say an insurtech company that does home insurance. So we can custom build a product for their demographic uh, uh, travel insurance, specifically for their customers. And so you can start adding value in their portfolio or a fintech company. Let's say there's a company that's disrupting credit card industry or a banking industry. And because we're doing everything ourselves as well, in terms of our customer service and assistance and claims, we can continue to customize that for our partners, customers, essentially. And yeah, and I think COVID-19, what COVID-19 really helped us with is to reveal the truth about the travel insurance. I don't know if you remember this article in New York Times, it was either June 16th or June 17th. I should remember that. But the headline front page is travel insurance worthless, question mm-hmm. mark. And the answer is yes. And the reporter was actually analyzing every single company and how they failed their own customers at the most needed time when COVID-19 happened, when World Health Organization declares it as a pandemic. Number two exclusion on the policy is for pandemics. So, so then thousands and thousands of travelers essentially lost their investment because they couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. And what happened in what we've seen in Europe, for example, airlines were still flying, hotels were still operating, but travel insurance companies came out and said, we're not covering your claims if you're traveling. So customers were, they couldn't get the money back from the airlines or hotels because everyone's still operating, but they didn't want to travel without travel insurance. And that's actually another po- interesting point is that Every country, every market is different once it comes to travel insurance. For example, United States is an open opportunity because not a lot of people are thinking about travel insurance. For example, once it comes to Europeans, they don't travel unless they have travel insurance because it's such a mature market. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a quick break here to talk about one of our sponsors, Hybeck. It's actually just me and Tim in the booth because, well, Josh is on his way over to the restaurant right now. So unluckily for us, we don't get any special treatment. I don't think he's bringing us back a pizza or anything. I don't think so. I'm a little jealous. We love Hypec. I mean, I go there all the time. Their hot honey pizza they got going right now. Yep. That's what I was going to say. As soon as we had him on the episode, I called in before they even left and ordered it and picked it up on the way out. And it was the best. We're talking about the restaurant, but Hypec's a lot more than just a restaurant. They distill whiskey and gin and vodka. They've got all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, they brought in a couple of different options for us to try recently. And I really like this Midnight Cask. It's a mixture, I think, of whiskey along with a port wine. And it kind of tastes like a Manhattan, but it's like double the strength. 
If you haven't listened to the episode yet, listen to the episode. I mean, the story behind the organization is great too. So yeah, it's a bunch of local entrepreneurs that just have a passion for making good food and great drinks. They just launched a thing called the Whiskey Society too, which I joined. Mm -hmm. And if you really like booze, it's worth checking out. It pays for itself just in the entry fee. And then you'll get cards for drinks every month. They put on events right now. They're on Zoom, but teach you how to make drinks, tell you what to use, why you use those things. It's definitely for the whiskey enthusiast. I've enjoyed my membership so far. That's for sure. So if you guys like High Bank, if you're looking for a restaurant somewhere to watch the game, if you're looking to put in an order for a pickup, check out High Bank, man. Their food's great. They're great people. Yeah. And we love their drinks. And get the hot honey pizza. Get the hot honey pizza. I promise you will love it. All right. Now back to the show. What I'm curious about now is, you know, as you try to scale this thing, Mm -hmm. right? What has to be different? What has to change? What are going to be the biggest challenges you try to go from these niche markets, right? Of journalists and surfers and things like that to trying to capture, say, the entire U.S. market or, you know, the entire European market. What has to change? What has to be on top of your mind? Well, this is where the drive capital came in. (laughs) (laughs) And um, amazingly, um, now we are, because we are trading in a standard travel insurance market, so now we're all of a sudden, Afghanistan and all of the interesting and exotic places are no longer on our destination list. It's Spain, Germany, United States, very vanilla, sorry, not vanilla, but I mean, they're exciting casual, places too. Casual is the right. word. But ca- casual places. And customers are loving us. And that's what really happened is just, this was an amazing power of a customer-centric company because customers are, like at the beginning, I remember back in July when customers found us thousands of phone calls and thousands of inquiries, people were actually questioning, are you real? You know, <laughs> like, is this a real company? Because it's, you're way too nice. You know exactly what you're talking about and the price is very reasonable. That was actually the challenge we were trying to overcome mm-hmm. to. And that's why you have to have partners like Lloyds of London backing you uh, once it comes to a travel insurance product. But now with Drive Capital behind us, we're building a global travel insurance company headquartered out of Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) And now, again, what our goal is to continue to create relevant travel insurance products for travelers. It doesn't matter if you're going to Zimbabwe or to Costa Rica. It has to remain relevant to your trip. Another big thing is selling to every country because insurance, you can't just say, okay, I'm selling in the US and now I'd like to sell in Canada. There's compliance and regulation to every single country. It's a tech challenge. It's a compliance challenge. It's a sales challenge. So getting to know those markets and being able to sell there is also a huge challenge. We've got lofty goals. End of year, every country, we said. Every country in the world, we yeah. hope, by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. There's some pretty obscure countries out there. Well, we might exclude a few. Right. You know, and, and some we can't, obviously, because of sanctions. You right. can't right. operate yeah, you can't in, do business and operate in. Every know. country possible. Let me rephrase. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, we're, we're excited because we're just about to launch sales in Canada. And I mean, we've launched sales here in the U.S. We're in, what, 46 states? Yep, only four to go. Yeah, only four to go. And we're also looking into Australia and New Zealand. And actually operationally, it's phenomenal too, because you're building a 24-7 company without having to be in a single place. And I'm so excited about Australia because I guess we'll never have to work on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, and, 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 and that aspect is quite unique too, once you're building a global company. You know, from engineering perspective, you know, you can essentially have 24-7 engineering so maybe Anthony can cut down his development time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, and go to sleep. And uh, from customer service perspective, right? So uh, travelers will get to speak to us at any given time and relevant time, relevant time zone. 
and product teams. You know, it, it's just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful model. Lofty. Lofty. I like that word. I do too. I'm sticking with it. Lofty is good. <laughs> so when we think about the long-term goals and, and, you know, the strategy, do you see an IPO? Do you see an exit plan? What do you, what do you guys envision? Have you thought about that even? What are we supposed to say? I say IPO all the way. Ah, yeah, you want to say, <laughs> I'm not moving to America for, <laughs> to Columbus exactly. for nothing. Yeah. I, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you know, when you slice and dice insurance industry. So Nationwide is a great company based here out of Columbus. Travel insurance, I guess, department for them is a very, very small, tiny book of business for Nationwide. So, or for AIG or for Allianz or any big insurance company, travel insurance is not important because, you know, there's other products and other lines that are much bigger, you know, car insurance, home insurance, life insurance. And, and these bit, what we also found out is that these big branded global companies, they're global, but they don't talk to each other. So they're operating in silos. Our vision is to create a company that essentially is a one unified operation with significant tech behind it to unify us, where for the customers, it's actually seamless. And we're still delivering relevant products in local markets. You know, if you're a Brazilian traveler, you we would be offering a product to you that is important to you based on your home country and based on your destination and based on you as a person. And, um, and, I, and so once you take a look at it uh, from that perspective, we're creating a travel insurance company that's just going to concentrate on travel insurance. And before COVID-19, it's a $1.7 trillion industry, travel yep. industry, not travel insurance, but travel. And so it's an exciting space to be in. And how do you add value to a traveler no matter where the traveler is from, while they're going on a trip, either domestic or domestically or internationally. Well, that makes a lot of sense, guys. And I think it's a uh, great place to pivot. Last question of the show here on Conquering Columbus is centered around the theme on our show. And that theme is live uncomfortably. So without telling you guys too much about why we chose that particular theme, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your lives and careers? My everyday working with Anthony. <laughs> I really feel like that should be the other way around, that I should be saying that. But anyway, I mean, if you're working in a startup, I think any startup, you're going to be uncomfortable. And I think that's a great thing. I think every day you should look at it, it could be potentially your last, right? Um, I think that's part of that's very deep. Was that good? No, just like glue. <laughs> are gonna, are Debbie dying? Downer. Man, your work sounds a lot more dangerous than mine is. No, no, but what I'm saying is, you know, you have to, you live for the moment kind of with the startup industry. Mm. Um, everything's super exciting. Everything you do is potentially something new and something game changing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you don't have the security of working with, you know, an established company. So, I guess that's what makes me uncomfortable. Moving to Columbus, Ohio makes me uncomfortable. Oh, come on. You're loving it. You're I next to me it. every day. No, no, not because of that. Definitely yes, for not sure. Because. For sure. Is that why you're moving to New Albany? To get away from you, yeah. Because <laughs> I knew you're so far away. <laughs> we have so many amazing, awesome people joining Battle Phase here in Columbus, you know, from product teams, from engineering teams finance and, and they're coming from like all different backgrounds. You know, we have plenty of travel insurance background, but now we're getting incredible, incredible pool of like candidates and new employees and team members. And they're all very, very curious and they're asking very, very interesting questions. And, and for me, that's probably the most uncomfortable situation is when we have that conversation on why and when we're questioning our own products and services. And, and, that, and the results are the most exciting once you actually have that conversation. 
I do have one final question. Oh, man. Oh, I Malta, Malta, so does it have an airport on the island or do you have to what? go up to Italy? <laughs> it has an airport. It does have an airport. Okay, I said, I'm, I said I'm culturally ignorant and I don't look at maps. Josh, Josh where is what? Italy on a map? If you Chill out. I know, I know where it is. <laughs> what's the <laughs> continent? At least what's the continent? Europe. Okay, yeah, okay. Good. What's it good. look like? Gosh, I'm glad I got that. What, is, right. <laughs> no, I got what, is, what does Italy look like? It looks like a like a big, uh, it's thin and it's long with like, a, I don't know. If I give a name, I'm going to offend everybody boot. in the country. It looks like a boot. <laughs> it's a, a boot. boot. I was going to say a hoagie, like up and down hoagie. A hoagie? <laughs> yeah, I told you I was going to so offend people. Bre- a breadstick? I don't That's, know. I'm glad you ended with that as your last question. Well, we know. I bet people were curious. I bet uh, they were. There you go. Do people ask you, you a lot? Like, where's Malta? They do all the time. Wait, wait, so wait, wait, wait. I got one. So okay. no, never mind. That that would be a I want to hear the question. I <laughs> wanted to see I wanted to see if you like could you say something in Maltese? Is Maltese the correct Oh god, he's gonna say something the correct language. You're gonna say something terrible about me. That, yeah, do that. Do that. Th- say something about Sasha? Sure. No. I'll say uh, how are you? Kifinti. Kifinti. Okay, cool. Yep. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, <laughs> guys. And Russian been, is not exciting. Russian is exciting. <laughs> you wanna say, hey, you wanna say how are you in Russian? We got a comparison. Kakdila. Kakdila? Okay, well there you go. How are you, everybody? And uh, it does sound a lot more aggressive in Russian. Can we just call that one out? <laughs> That's it's, just Sasha's personality. It, it right, right, right. Like, <laughs> I might just do aggressive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. And so for the third time, thanks so much, guys, for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate you coming in to talk. Oh, yeah. Thank thanks. you for having us. Awesome. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. You guys enjoyed that episode. You want to hear more, just like them. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You'll get interviews just like this every week right into your eardrums. We appreciate all of your support. We'll talk to you next week.